Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're very unprotected. Very you, you, that's you, interesting. You see, there's you know, there's a the dancers. You know, you have. The unions. Union. Union. Yeah. You have the actors, Models, you have actors, unions. Big unions. Yeah, so true. what the fuck is the designers? Yes. Excuse me. They're, it's they're a really totally good point. unprotected. Yeah, that's true. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter, where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Greetings, No Filterites. Monica here to introduce you to our third and final episode from our little overseas jaunt to the U.S. of A. Ah, yes. FNF took Manhattan, guys. Such memories. It was a beautiful bonding experience for Kemi and I. A wild week of adventures and a couple of misadventures, too, but I'm not going to go into those now. And a series of interviews with some fascinating and fashionable New Yorkers. Our first stop in NYC proved to be a truly unique experience. On our first morning in the city, we visited Francisco Costa's spectacular uptown apartment, which looks kind of like a museum. It's all crisp white walls, incredible artwork, and beautiful oak furniture, the very, very best variety of Brazilian minimalist chic without being intimidating. The place just kind of had a welcoming soul, which is not unlike our guest, whom we felt like we'd kind of known for years. It was a really interesting interview because Francisco was brutally honest about his own experiences and the state of big fashion business today. For those who aren't familiar with his work, Mr. Costa was the women's creative director of Calvin Klein for 13 years, beginning in 2003, twice bringing home the coveted CFDA Women's Wear Designer of the Year Award during his tenure. In our interview, Costa opens up about his youth in Brazil, his relationship with his inspirational mother, and the circumstances of his eventual departure from Calvin Klein. He also introduces us to his highly creative and sustainable new beauty venture, Costa Brazil, made entirely from ingredients he personally sourced in the Amazon. It was our honor to be able to have such a frank conversation with Francisco. Rare in an industry where so often things get over-PR'd, where so many people tend to just stick to their media-trained answers rather than opening up. Actually, we've been really lucky in this regard with all of our guests so far. So, hashtag no filter, guys. Now sit back, pour yourself some coffee, or some tea, or wine, and enjoy. Thanks for joining us, Francisco. Oh, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're here in New York, in your beautiful apartment, and we are going to ask you some questions, starting now. go. So, let's start from the very beginning, as 
we want the whole life story. You think I remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, going back, did you always want to work in fashion growing up? Um, and how did you get from your childhood in Brazil to landing your first job at Oscar de la Renta? Like, that's a big, it's a big jump. This is a 20 years answer. A 20 year answer. <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, in a nutshell. nutshell. Yes, um, I actually grew up in a very small town in, uh, in Brazil, in the state of Minas Gerais. Literally, like about 3,000 people. And uh, very lucky uh, to actually grow up in an environment where you know, fashion was very everything. My mom was a seamstress and she had a, a textile shop. Um, and she would sell textiles fabrics and what have you. And then she all of a sudden had this vision in creating children's wear clothes, children's clothes. And, um, and she started her own business. You know, by the time you know, I was you know, 15, you know, she had 125 employees. You know, and I basically grew up on a factory you know, with scissors in one hand, paper in the other, and just being part of the whole environment. So um, I, very lucky, basically, you know. There was no other, other way or nothing else interested me, you know, except for the arts, you know, cut and paste and sew and, and stitch and the brush, paint, and, uh, and it's all, all of the above. So you're like a 10-year-old with your mom. You're like, Mom, bring up that headline. You know, let's cut that. Were you like fully seeing totally, this as a designer? Totally. My, my mom was really insane because she was, she was rather entrepreneurial, yeah. um, Basically, basic education, but very entrepreneurial, very smart. She basically ran the town, right? I mean, yeah. she was like, you know, she was the mayor. She was the unofficial mayor. Of the city. Yes. She was. <laughs> yeah. She was. And she's so, she was so incredible, you know, uh, looking back, that for instance, she did small little actions. They were so gigantic. For instance, she, um, with the, with the textile, you know, you cut the dresses and, and you have leftovers. So she created a community of women who would take the leftovers of the fabric and would do rugs with them. You know what I mean? Would do quilts. So she employed a whole bunch of women in the countryside with that. So she was then she realized that she needed the children of the women who work in the factory actually needed a place to leave their kids. So she created a house for the children. And then she realized, with my uncle, uh, she, they, were, they were very much involved. I mean, we grew up very, very religious, very Catholic. Church was like second home for me. And um, there was this something called uh, Society St. Vincent of Paul, you know, which is a community of part of the Catholic, you know, church that dealt with the poor. So we used to go every Saturday. You have to go to the favelas. I mean, in the small town. We used to go to the hills and, you know, visit the families and assist them. So that was very much part of our lives. So she realized there's so many people in need in those areas. And they built a home for older people. People were dying, you know, so the Carmelitas, you know, nuns came into play and just ran the place. So this was like a magical sort of, thing growing up with thinking that's all normal, right? This is normal. This yeah. is how it was. Um, and she was very powerful in that sense. But she would walk into the factory backwards. I mean, um, she would walk in 
you know, she had idea for this one dress. She literally would take the paper and the scissors and chop the pattern. She did the pattern. Yeah. So I have this relationship with scissors and paper, which is very intimate. You know, uh, and that's why I, I, I felt, that's why I'm so good in a design studio, uh, creating that sense, because um, I have the same relationship that I learned from her. You know, I take a paper, a drape, you know, a cut, and a pen, and a sew. So it's like really uh, an explosion of fun, you know. Uh, and usually we do it on, on a body, on a person, because also she did it on a, on, on a she always draped on a kid. You know, there's always children around because they're all the models, yeah. you know. So um, that's pretty much. So it's in your blood entirely. And, and, and did, you, did you think, I must leave Brazil eventually to, be cut, to fulfill my destiny as like a big designer? Or was that sort of a more organic thing? Like what brought you, how did you get from a small town in Brazil to New York City? That's when it gets really perverted. Uh, my mom oh, passed away. Um, and my relationship with her was so, you know, amazing. And the complex, that was complex, just happened like as she dies, mm. right? I felt like him losing, you know, my lover, my, my, this, this woman who was everything for me. And uh, she passed away and my life was kind of gone. How old were you when she passed away? I was 17. Oh, yeah. So I really, uh, it was like, wow. I'm gonna, either I'm going to go with her or I take off. So deliberately, I decided to leave. She would have been alive today. I probably wouldn't have left. So she kind of gave me this gift of taking off. She really allowed me to, to leave, you know, uh, which is really, that's why I call perverted because it's such a, it's such a weird feeling, you know. Uh, for sure, I wouldn't have been here if she was still alive. So you, yeah. you get to New York... I read that you didn't speak English when you came. Not at all. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what language are we speaking right now? I don't understand. I just got off a flight. I have no That's idea okay. what's going on. It's okay. You can correct me. <laughs> Your English is perfect. It's fine. I well, sound thank English you. and make very stupid mistakes. So we're fine with semi-English speakers on this podcast. Well, I, according to some of our North American listeners, have a very confusing and pretentious accent, which I do not appreciate. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> We're all culturally confused here, so oh, that's perfect. Great. So you got to New York, and you learned. How did you learn? How did you learn? You know, English? I did not speak English. I mean, I had a high school English, which is very archaic. You know, from a small town, um, and uh, my decision to come was just. I had to learn English, so I registered myself uh, at Hunter College, um, which again is the State University of New York, and. Basically, I was taking classes at Hunter College in the mornings, and uh, because fashion was what was next for me, fashion or photography or some some way related, I was I knew it was fashion, but fashion was a very intimate relationship that I already had. So I thought maybe I could go in another area. So I registered myself at FIT, um, you know, as a continuing ed student, you know, at night. So I was doing English classes in the morning, you know, and at night I was going to FIT, trying to just get into the vocabulary, you know, understand, you know, a little bit more. And it was really like a, 
a super fast course, you know. Of, of, I learned quite, okay, quite, quite fast, I guess. But I also remembered something really funny because my 101 class at FIT was Fashion 101, whatever, and was about silhouettes, what was happening in the world of fashion. And I couldn't communicate at all. Uh, it was just very hard to communicate. And I said, you know what? Pictures, you know, I had a Polaroid camera. And every week, I'll go around the city registering what's happening in fashion, photographing all the windows. I'll come with, you know, instead of just an idea, I actually come to the class with pictures and like somewhat very, very little advanced. vocabulary. Very like a new era pictures like, worth a thousand words. I was already telling well, no, the story. No, because the digital era, like as we know now, pictures in fashion mean everything. Sure. And I think back then that wasn't the case. Yeah. So you sort of entered the digital era yourself without, yeah. without being told to. I was kind of obliged to because I mean, how to communicate, yeah, how yeah, to express, no. you know, the uh, what I actually was seeing. Yeah. You know, so it was cool. I wish I had it. And, know, and, and so why Oscar de la Renta? How did you land there? I mean, obviously he is one of the most iconic. Yeah. It is one of the most iconic American. How did you wind up getting that? At Oscar, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was amazing. What happened was I left, I, in this interim after FIT, what have you, uh, um, I got out of school, I got a job at Bill Blast Dresses, which uh. is a licensee uh, of this company called the Hero Group. Um, and that lasted, you know, three months maybe, because what happened with the person who hired me for that job, um, who wasn't at Bill Blast, Moved to be blessed, so I ended up going with him. Um, and then, as a word of mouth, within the same company uh, from Runic, he just gave me this promotion to go to work with Oscar. He just acquired the name Oscar de la Renta, you know, for a secondary line which I started. And Oscar saw my work and just came to work with me. It was just like that. So, um, easy peasy. It was really beautiful because. Working with Oscar was just being at home. Let's put it that way. You know, you ate at the office. There was like always a gathering. There always an exchange of communication. You know, the most inspiring things was his trips, for instance. You know, and at one point he started taking everybody on his trips, <laughs> which was great. That's cool. Uh, it was really, really wonderful. But I learned so many things. With it. I learned the craft precisely. I the refinement of how to cut real dress and how to how to really understand the textile. I really learned with Oscar. And so is color. Mm. I came from a very small town, Brazil, and my colors were white, jeans, you can call it color, you know, white denim, black. Very basic. That's surprising to me. I would have always thought it was a very basic. colorful place. Today, perhaps a little more. Okay. I think, because I think the world has become a little more strange in the mm. sense Global that eyes. people are very... You know, yes, yes. so much, so overdone, yeah. right? At the time, I mean, where I grew up, it was so simple, simple. which is so minimal, but so quiet. It's kind quiet. of like this apartment has a very Brazilian vibe to it. It does. Right? It does. S sort of like th these these natural colors. I mean. Yeah, and totally. nature, yeah. lots of like greens. Yeah, I mean, it's how can you not, right? I mean, nature is really. I grew up with nature, so um, it was. It's just an extension of who I am. Love, I love and. Love waterfalls, love you know going on walks, love hiking. Um, it's just very much part of who I am in that sense. But also growing up in a small town, that's what you did. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
That's what I do. And you go to the countryside. Yeah. It's already a small town. On the weekends you go to the countryside. You know, with the cows. Apparently, <laughs> my first ever sentence was, "I'm not going in the garden today, mommy." That oh, was my so first. Lovely. That was my first sentence. That's amazing. <laughs> Clearly, I was, you had other clearly I was a city girl. <laughs> wow. Um, you went on to be hired by Tom Ford, where you worked alongside Christopher Bailey and Claire White Keller. I know. Can what you believe it? What a team, I know. What and, a team, And it guys. felt like a completely different era back then, like I know. pre-digital, pre-social media, all of this. What was it like? Tell us about those, well, those I think good Tom, old days. I think Tom had, uh, I mean, he knew how to recruit, obviously. Obviously. Um, I learned so much from him, you know, it's still, you know, so fun to think of that time. We lived in London, uh, you know, we showed him in London, what have you. Um, it was super fun. Um, Christopher was extremely organized, you know, uh, very precise in how he, he, you know, he dealt with the collection. Um, great working with him, you know, it was just the opposite. You know, very organic, you know, very somewhat, you know, expressive. The Brit and the uh, Brazilian. Exactly, right? Love it. But we shared a birthdays, which was very funny. No way. That's yeah. funny. What, what, what yeah. spot sign are you? Yeah, I'm So we always used to joke because, you know, the only thing that we had in common is that we love chocolate. He used to keep, <laughs> he used to keep the, uh, he used to keep the uh, uh, Kit Kat on his desk. All of a sudden, he <laughs> It was Christopher eating his Kit Kat. <laughs> Christopher and I would be without great sharing. Yeah, I love a Kit Kat. Without sharing. <laughs> no, he didn't share his Kit Kat with you. <laughs> Let it be known to the public. Now Christopher is really, really talented and really lovely. He guy. is. He Amazing. is. Claire White Keller is dressing the the royals now. And Claire. Yeah. Claire. She's doing so well. She's yeah, she's now. amazing. I think she's really. Blossom, it's so exciting to see her yes. doing so well and so beautiful, the clothes and everything she's doing. It's really exciting. Are you guys all still yeah. friends? I haven't, I haven't been really, um, I haven't got in contact with So busy. With yeah. 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 But, Life uh, gets in the way. Yeah. Life is crazy. But I mean, it's just, I love the idea of all of those talents, all of you guys in the same place. Oh, and you know, also who was, uh, who was part of Tom's. Uh, posse in a way was Stefano Pilati. Oh! Stefano used to do, I was doing Gucci, uh, and Stefano had just been hired for YSL under Tom. So, I mean, Tom really had a. Wow, a whole orbit. What year would, what, what year was Don't this? Don't ask me the year because I wouldn't okay. remember. I should know. 2000 and something. Is it in our notes? No. Well, uh, you got to Calvin Klein in 2003, right? Uh, if you're telling me According yeah. to the <laughs> internet, <laughs> that's when you arrived at Calvin Klein. Yes. Would you like to tell us? No, I was there all along. Let me tell you this story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> we, I was at Oscar. People no, supervising the interview to stop laughing. No, guys, <laughs> you're not going to believe this. I, I was at Oscar. I went to a psychic. His name is John Marcusella, yeah. 23rd Street in Chelsea, somewhere on the basement of an apartment. Chelsea was like a different world, right? Right. Uh, and I'm having this reading, and the guy tells me, Calvin Klein, you know? Um, like yeah. out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. You're oh going to work God. with Calvin Where Klein. Is the this is going to be a really... The only reason I'm repeating this is because it was so out of context. That's insane. That I never 
believed it, neither, I thought this guy, whatever. Did the psychic know that you worked in fashion? Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. He but did. still, That's how crazy. would how no, did he? Well, be, yeah, it's mad. So, no, no, it's mad. So right away, obviously, I think when you're looking for a psychic, because the wings of a change, right? You're always feeling something. I think we're all very creative people. We're always very engaged in some things. So this guy tells me that some movement around, you know, and totally ignored it. Next thing, I got a call from Florian to meet with Tom Ford. Just, oh, he was, okay, the guy got something right. You know, it was Gucci. You know, Gucci and Calvin, it's not too far apart. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Can you believe this? That's insane. Eight years later, no, not eight years later, what is it? Five years later, yeah. I ended up at Calvin and stayed. That so is So that's very bizarre. Yeah, I crazy. think I, yes, yeah, I was there for all this time. I wonder if that psychic's still on 23rd Street. I was there for all this time prior to joining in 2003, I guess, yeah. And, that, and you stayed for 13 years? Way too long. That's what I stayed for. No. Oh. They say it takes 10 years to build a real reputation, so at least you like... 13 glorious years as well. Twice you won the, the CFDA Women's Wear Designer of the Year. Yes, I did. During that time. Twice. Twice. Big deal. Can, can, Thank we, you. We, but like, let's let's just talk about these Calvin Klein years a little bit because it's like pretty monumental stamp that you put on that brand. Well, thank you. Uh, in retrospect, you know, when I look at it, I am very proud actually. What the whole I've never said that to you or to anyone, um, but today I feel very proud of it yeah. because. In spite of what the situation was, which wasn't an easy situation, yeah. I don't know how I managed. I'm, I'm much more proud of how I actually managed to stay at that job for 13 years what do you mean? than the work itself. But why, 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 do you, why was it <laughs> Because um, it was a constant fight, you know, and I managed to keep things alive yeah. with very little. Yeah. Very little. Yeah. And, I mean, it's topic for a conversation for another for a book. Yeah. Um, the lack of support... Um, the lack of uh, the lack of budgets, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I didn't have budgets to do a lookbook, you know. Wow. My, I mean, it's just wild, it's and it's so not what you assume about a big uh, American brand. Like, brand. No, but do you think that in America they're tougher than, like, maybe say in Europe on uh, uh, creatives within me mega brands? It's like completely that? different. I mean, Calvin is such a structure, such a genuine American, you know, iconic brand. They lived off so many different aspects, right? Yeah. Very, very low and very high, yeah. right? Well, it's a brand that really encompasses a lot, which is, that's the greatness of it. But the mentality of, you know, the great corporations in Europe, you know, are luxury. Mm. Well, they understand yeah. it very, very easily. Here is a corporation that makes, you know, start as men's shirts. Yeah. 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 yeah, But like, there's nothing it, wrong. You've got people like Gisquier when he left yeah. Balenciaga. He says that it's the same thing. He complains about being milked dry by the people at the top in the white collars who are just not listening to what you need as a creative to build a successful. I had zero support. Yeah. Zero. I can tell God, you. God, I'm so happy you're saying this because some of my designer friends who have been working in big. I'm not going to name any names, but really struggle with this and have a, I'm so stretched. 
but don't feel like they can talk about it publicly. Obviously, you're not there anymore, but I think you're right to talk about it because it's such an unfair crunch on creative. And there's also, you know, what with the pressure to create so many collections yeah. a year these sure. days. But um, you see, that was, to me, that was really exciting because I, the job became, you know, uh, I'm the spokesperson for the brand. Yeah. I'm on the road all the time. You know, I'm in China, you know, uh, it's six times a year. You know, I'm in Europe and every single event. So I'm like, the picture is enormous. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy is on top of the world, right? Mm. Come back home, I, it's just, whoa, introspecting into work and I had to produce because I'm not, I delegate to some extent, you know, I have to put my finger on everything. I'm very controlling, you know, and that's, I had to work, you know, day and night, nonstop, which is fine because that's really what gave me the pleasure. You know, one more trip to Cannes, you know, I'll cut my head off. <laughs> you know, that sense, you know, it was always like you had to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I had to do it. It was very much it's this burden to have this enormous, ginormous calendar of yeah. events that I had to attend. You know, I had, I don't know how many tuxedos and... That's all I have in my closet was tuxedos <laughs> and white t-shirts and jeans. Because this, this was my wardrobe, which is great. Sometimes now I wear my tuxedos during the day, but I don't care. Sounds like my because, wardrobe. Um, and, you know, it sounds kind of glamorous. I mean, just I give an example of how, you know, what people saw from the outside was very different from what actually we were feeling. Yeah, and there was moments of, like, totally dis- despair, desperation. And what, I'm gonna, what am I doing here? You know, I could have gone to all other all all houses, you know, and I just failed to actually make the move, which I could have done. Uh, but I love the brand so much, you know, and I mm. really had this passion for the brand. Loyalty's amazing. Um, because I love the aesthetic and I got to explore, I got to... Uh... But anyways, uh, yes, it was a great ride. It was, you know, uh, was amazing. It, the brand is amazing. Um, well, and it's a great match. I mean, you're somewhat of a master of minimalism, and that. Well, I, I think I'm much more of a reductionist. Right. You know, I don't. I don't like to put myself in any. You know. I'm so many things. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I, but I like the editing. I really love the editing. You know, I love to dissect things and just. Yeah. You know, whatever gives me. The, most pleasures where I go with it, like in that sense. Uh, yeah, reduction to me is what I what I like. Um, but usually I start with a lot, you know. You I start guess. with a lot of ideas and you sift yeah. them down. Yeah. I guess everybody's it's like the, that. The glory right? days of Calvin. But it, yeah. but it's the calm. Yeah. You know, it's the quietness, it's the sensibility of of peace that I enjoy. You know. Uh, and why do you think, to take a step back and look at the industry as a whole, why do you think the designers are moving around so much nowadays? You know, the musical chairs that we see bounced around from one fashion house to the next every three years. It's not the designers. This is this it's the corporations. crazy corporations. Yeah, but why are they moving like, people around so much? Because of numbers, right? Um, and that's why but it's like a how successful money. I was. Money. Yeah, but it's like a presidency. You can't really get anything done in four years. Like, you can't. So Precisely. if you like get rid of someone after they've only like started out. Well, like, some, some people were Sarah hoping Mo, to get rid no, of No, no, Sarah Moe wrote a really interesting piece saying that like it takes 10 years for a designer to build a reputation somewhere. So if you move them around, your, your, your customer cannot 
come on a journey with you because you, yeah. they only barely get to know you and you're already moving on to the next thing. So it's... It's a reflection of the times, I think, yeah. how we live, how we obsessed, you know, how the internet changed Novelty, our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is a reflection. So that's the thing. And there's nothing, it's not right or wrong. It's just a different time. It's just what and we live in today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't really, you just have to move on. Yeah. yeah. You really have to Absolutely. move on. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of moving on, you parted ways. Tell us uh, about... Very honestly, I was, I was, there was a struggle there. I was very unhappy. Um, didn't know what to do. I had already, you know, lost some of great opportunities that I said no to. Um, but they were just squeezing me, squeezing me, squeezing me. And I had a contract, so I don't want to leave. Um, so they fired me because, you know, they had to fire me because they're already talking to Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but then they treated me really badly because uh, I had a five-year contract, which they tried to pay for three years. Um, and I had to go and hire a major litigator, litigator to work with. It's so frustrating. So that went like really that. Yeah. sour. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, was, it was crazy. I think it's that important sense. for people to hear that even people that get to the very top go through hard times and bounce back because I think we don't talk about it enough. No, I think, I think designers, in, we are very unprotected. Yeah. Mm. Know, we're very unprotected. Very you know, That's you, interesting. You see, there's, you know, there's a... The dancers, you know, you have the union. The union. Yeah. You have the actors. Models, you have actors, union. Big union. Yeah. So true. What the fuck is the designers? Yes. Excuse me. They're, it's a really totally good point. unprotected. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's very sad. And you see them all. Phoebe's gone. Rafi. We don't know where. Like everybody's sort of like intra, like gone into their it's own very little sad. world. Because... There's no nowhere to go. We can't have. We can't talk to a person mm. that would give you a good. Uh, yeah, and you're one pe person against these huge it, it, corporations. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. So I think, I hope that will change. But again, the designer world has changed, you know, uh, in many ways. But I don't know what I'm getting to that. Well, let's shift gears a tiny bit here and talk about Costa Brazil. Well, that's the greatest thing because I was just so obviously frustrated and... Um, didn't need an outlet because you know it was it's just part of how how we do things. I love the works of Piero Manzoni, mm -hmm. and every time I looked, he inspired me in many parts of my career. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's one of those bibles for me. You know, the anthology of Manzoni because of arty poverty, highs and lows, tongue in cheek. You know, there's all this you know uh, this tension. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and Manzoni just inspired me to create something unique, you know, in mm. that sense. And what was, what was that? I, aesthetically, I knew there was the vessels and this, and conceptually, um, uh, the creation of something that was like edgy somewhat, uh, again, highs and lows. And I put this book together, which was uh, my first brand book, um, and I created the Costa Brazil brand. Uh, and I knew it was, super, it was a, a lifestyle brand, you know, rooted <coughs> on beauty. Uh, and it was, uh, I can say, that was what made me survive all those, those last, you know, 12 months prior to living. So I left and uh, I started working on 
in the product itself, which I had zero idea how to do it, and I didn't have much help either uh, until I realized, guys, I can't be looking at labs in America or France or what have you. Should stop. The whole process was really exhausted. Took six months. Went to the Amazon. So I went to the Amazon on this insane trip. Just so I understand, how close to the actual Amazon is where you grew up in Brazil? Like, were you familiar with six the Amazon? Six hours. Okay. On oh, a so plane. It's, yeah. Far. All on a plane. Yeah. So far. So you're not a child of the Amazon on no. any level. No. But you have to understand, we, I, for us, we're like Brazilian. He's all about the it's like, yeah, no, no, exactly. it's like, it's like, a, it's like when you're in New York and someone says, uh, I'm from France, and they're like, oh, do you know my friend Simon? I'm like, no, no, but it's a big place. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite big, though. It's quite little big. Yeah, so right? You didn't even grow if, up even like... Even give me a surname, I'm pretty sure it's not going to... Cultivating... Be- okay. No, it's easier, to, it's easier for a Brazilian to go to, to Miami or to New York than to go to the Amazon. Yeah, okay. it's hard to access as it's well. It's way it? harder. For instance, the trip, you know, I flew from uh, Sao Paulo to Brasilia, which is the center of, this, of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Then from Brasilia, you go to the small town called the, the furthest west town in the state of Acre in the Amazon. Uh, and I was imagining, you know, the U.S., right? California and the East Coast. It's just yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so... You fly into this town, then we drive for five hours, then you take a little canoe for six and a half hours. No. This is my dream trip. So were, you, by, were you by yourself? No, you go. No, that's my dream. You gotta go. You, you don't understand. I'll set like, you up. It's so brilliant. It's really Look, fantastic. smell this. I'm wearing the Amazon I'm, No, I have it too, but it's, I, 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 it's my dream to go and... Guys, it's go and fun explore as well because like two minutes into into the trip, Amazon. you know the whole the whole the whole canoe is filled with water and you don't know what to do and and the mosquitoes and it sucks rain and it's, it's like all four seasons. No, no, no. One. But I was a scout till I was seventeen. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm good man for the job. Really, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing! I was terrified. I it was so tortured. Well, I'm Canadian, <laughs> and I honestly think that I would be. <clears throat> it sounds like a real step. Up from Canadian canoe trips. Guys, I don't maybe know if we I should have a it. fashion new filter holiday. And yeah, <laughs> the three it. of us can go Let's in a canoe together. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Perfect. Were you always interested in the ethical side of fashion, or did that come later? You know, it, if you think about what I just mentioned about my mom. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. She was, I mean, she was beyond. Yeah, the fact she, she was already the reusing. Soap, she was already, she was already tackling waste and all that. And she was like a community it. organizer, creating that was circular fashion, yeah. like reusing, yes. like no waste. Yes, and then I did a couple of collections. You know, for instance, I did, I won an award um, from the Smithsonian, which uh, Mrs. Obama gave me the award in, in, in Washington, which was amazing. Uh, Who did? The Cooper Hewitt, uh, Michelle Obama. Oof. I mean, just dropping a name here. Uh, but I'm quite proud of that award because mm. the collection was Alice in the Wonderland. So the collection was basically uh, a concept of how can one buy fashion in a very basic, simple manner. You could buy fashion in a supermarket, basically. Mm-hmm. So every single piece of that collection folded on itself. Yeah. So it could be packed, flat, and stacked. So once you open that, it was just like, wow. The, the shapes were very cool and bizarre. So I called it the Alice in the Wonderland collection because uh, it was really spirited. And, uh, and the award came to me in great company. For instance, the person who created the, 
you know, the, uh, the first computer was honored the same year. So it was like, wow, this is crazy, amazing. Very cool. Uh, it was very cool. So obviously there's something there. I was already thinking. Yeah. Um, I did another collection, which I, um, I basically recycled all the yarns from several different mills in Scotland. And the whole collection was knitwear. So I kind of grabbed, not grabbed, I kind of commissioned, you know, some people to give me that their waist, you know, and I felted it, you know, I re-weaved it, you know, and I created those amazing textures. But the whole collection was knitwear, and I remember that um, it was hard to talk about those things then. Neither had the, uh, I don't know, nobody cared. And now it's almost know? the opposite. You feel like people talk about it for PR purposes and not because they actually care. It's, sure. I think it's, it's tricky balance to get right. It's the sustainable question, isn't it? Sure. Especially in our industry where fashion and um, ethical seems like a little bit of an oxymoron. I mean, totally. Consumerism totally and capitalism. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. It's very annoying. It's very complicated. It is. It is very annoying. You know, and one more time I hear sustainable. Yeah. I just I have to come up with another word for yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and I have I to come agree. up with another word for clean. Conscious, maybe clean. I don't know. Right, echo. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Something. Uh, mindful. Mindful. I don't know, but yeah. It, it, yeah. And another word is clean. Clean. I mean, if yeah. you think about, it, I think what we're creating here is really um, stands on its own because first of all, it's the first designer brand. This is a very designer brand, you know, in this space, which is. Um, Ethical, conscious, you know, eco-friendly, however you call it. I, I would love to know the exact life cycle of your products. Like, where do you find... So, it's a, it, is it all based on this resin, or is that like a key no, ingredient? No, I'm going to show you. Uh, I have to, you know, give me like 15 minutes. Because yeah. I want to burn this for you. Sophie, do you mind... Uh, I need the lighter and the brill, actually. Yeah. Which is sitting on that... Right. So and, look at this and where, where can mean, we get this? How gorgeous is that? The, you, not the coconut. The Amazon. No, the, the, the oil. Well, now we, you know, because of the, of the, how special the ingredients, ingredients are, for instance, we are the only ones who actually have that ingredient. You know, really? I ended up buying the whole crop, you know, oh. the second year in a row. And, uh, Basically, we named it Kaya, so it's registered for us, so we have exclusivity on that. You were the only people in the world. Yes, we are. To the use only this. Ones. Yeah. Very exciting, very rare thing. Coconut. This is so great. That's why the beauty of the product, one has to look at this as a different kind of beauty, right? Yeah. It's very controlled, the batches are very, very small. You're getting pure you know, beauty here, and you really. Really, it's it's sad, sad to have the difference. But you're also putting something on your skin that only comes from the earth, which is like a pretty good concept. Precisely. For Precisely. a lot of reasons, right? Yeah, because everything that you wash is, you know, put in your face, you know, your skin, your, your, your skin is the largest organ, of course. So everything that you put in, it has to be really, really great, great and gorgeous, yummy. And this is. So we're very proud. Well, people, this is the future. It was amazing. Of ethical beauty. Exactly. It was so nice to hear everything about how you got to where you are in your career. What, yeah. like, I feel like so much has changed since you first came to New York. What would you, to sort of end this, what would you tell younger people who are starting their career now in the industry? 
He wants some advice from one of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm hugging the... Man, that should be an easier one. Um, well, you know, I think I, I would... I was so emotional throughout my whole career. I think I haven't changed much, but I think it's so important for people to get, uh, you know, designers today to get a little smart and get that protection that I never had or get the smarts of people, um, a good, I know, lawyers or people to actually back them up. I think it's the most important thing that the talent that you have, you know, if one has talent, I think you need to be surrounded by people that actually can shelter you and propel your career in many ways. You know, I've been very fortunate with that I didn't have that, but I, you know, I'm always very curious, so it, doesn't, it didn't matter, because here I'm into something else that's very different that I love. So I have, you know, um, redirected my energy into something that's really genuine to me, and I think uh, that authenticity, which I also hate, another word that I can't yeah, stand, but too. there's something about what pleases you, you know, makes you, uh, you know, know. So surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people. I have one last question, actually. Because the Met Gala is in a few days, I'm wondering whether you used to dress people for that. I dressed so many people. Tell me who your favorite person to dress was. But you know, uh, my first Met Gala was really fun because it was Scarlett Johansson Mm. looking absolutely gorgeous in the yellow strapless dress. I don't know if you guys remember that picture. It's a very iconic picture. Very. Um, And then I also dressed for the same evening, Hilary Swank, in this drop dead gorgeous aqua, you know, satin uh, dress, which is really beautiful. Those are really, I, I remember that very fondly because of my first Met Gala. And uh, we did, it was so, they, they looked so amazing. Another dress I remember that was quite stunning was Elle McPherson, you know, in this lime green tafta, you know, wonder dress. But then I had her flats. So. Um, the body. I mean, the body, the hair, just the lime green. Oh, she's amazing. And she's like, you know, barefoot. So, can, I just, can I just say I want to get married in old school Calvin Klein? It's my yeah. dream. So now we're friends. Hold on, let me get this. Don't worry, book. don't worry. Ah. I have been single for a very long time. It's nowhere near. It's, but we just we have time to become friends, and then we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, easy. Yes. Let's do it. I know. Super. Thank you so much for having Guys, us. Thank you very much. What a pleasure. And we'll be smelling lovely all day. Thanks to you. Oh, fun. <laughs> 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, everyone, you heard the man. Make sure to surround yourself with the right people when getting your start in the industry. And for goodness sake, never give up your childhood dreams. That's all for today. Thank you, Francisco, for joining us. And of course, thanks to all of you for tuning in. And as always, remember, if you love us, you can show your support by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Until next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.